Hello and welcome to Jana's Studio, Story Nori's new and exciting program where we talk to fascinating people about fascinating things. In this episode, we are looking into your eyes. The brain is the most complicated part of your body, but the eyes are the second most complex organs, and the eyes and the brain are closely connected. For instance, your eyes actually see the world upside down, and your brain turns it the right way round for you. Yes, those two little sparkly orbs are the windows into your soul, and your windows onto the world. Joining me now to help us learn more about your eyes is Paul Kinnear, who is a consultant ophthalmologist, which means he is a senior doctor who specialises in eyes. He works at the Booper Cromwell Hospital in London. Hi, Paul. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, and hi to all the Story Nori listeners. I'm very pleased to be here. So, Paul, to begin with, can I ask you what made you decide to specialise in eyes? Well, I was inspired when I was at the medical school, Westminster Medical School, by a quite a famous eye surgeon called Patrick Trevor Roper. And in his lectures, he gave wonderful examples of eye conditions and showed a film, actually, which had the background music of a Bach cello suite, which I think also inspired me. And then I just loved the precision and detail of the eye and operating on under a microscope on eye conditions. And also the fact that the eyes sort of window for a lot of eye conditions, like diabetes, you look into the eye and you can see the effects of diabetes inside the eye itself. Mm, thank you. So could you tell me the most common eye problems that you find in children in your practice? Well, a lot of the children I see have got refractive error, i.e. they're short-sighted or they have astigmatism and they need to wear glasses. Um, otherwise, they can develop what's called a lazy eye, where the, even though you have glasses later in life, the vision is still not as good as it could be. And other children have uh, conditions like strabismus, their eye could go in or out or even up. Um, and also I see quite a lot of children in the springtime with allergic conjunctivitis. That's quite a common problem as well. Hmm. So what prompts mums and dads to come in in the first place with their children's eye conditions? Well, the commonest thing is when they, they think the eyes are not straight, like a, a squint, and so that it looks as though the eyes are either turning in or out. And in fact, it's quite common in young babies to have the appearance of a squint, which is called a pseudo-squint. So a lot of children are brought in in sort of infancy to have their eyes checked. And then subsequently, if there's a family history of short sight, for example, then often parents will bring their child in to check whether they've developed similar conditions as they have. And obviously, if the eye, uh, eyes are red or itchy from allergy, then that's a good good reason for bringing your child in if they're complaining about headaches, for example, or red eye or sticky eye. So those are the sort of things that prompt parents to come to see me with their children. The world over, about 253 million people are either blind or have serious loss of sight. Could most of those eye problems be cured or prevented? Certainly a significant proportion of those cases could be. If you take the example of cataract, um, which many, many, um, hundreds of thousands of people are blind from, they could be dealt with by a relatively simple operation and they could, their vision could be restored. And if you take the example of infections, for example, there's a condition called trachoma, which is, um, causes scarring and eventual blindness, this could be treated with applying a simple antibiotic ointment in childhood to prevent the infection taking hold and causing the scarring. Um, Paul, can you explain what a cataract is? 
Well, the cataract is when the lens of the eye which we focus is becomes progressively cloudy, and it's uh, particularly induced by sunlight. So often a lot of uh, people who work out in the fields, for example, are more prone to cataract. It's very interesting in Nepal, for example, where I worked for the WHO, most of the blindness from cataract was in the women who were sent out to work in the fields, whereas the men stayed indoors playing games and uh, relaxing. So it was a definite uh, difference in exposure to light uh, being outdoors. And that could be prevented, in fact, even just by these uh, workers wearing large hats to protect mm. their eyes from the sun. Well, that's very interesting. So why are some people short-sighted or long-sighted? I know I seem to have developed some long-sightedness in the last few years, and um, these days I seem to need a longer arm. Well, I mean, essentially, short-sighted and long-sightedness are genetic. So, you know, if your parents, or both parents, are very short-sighted, it's very likely that you'll become short-sighted as well. I mean, what you're describing about longer arms is something that affects people when they get to their sort of 40s or 50s, when the lens of the eye isn't able to focus quite so readily so mm. you eventually need to have glasses to help you read. Does the colour of your eyes make any difference to how we see? Not not specifically. I mean I think uh, people with blue eyes are a little bit more light sensitive but their vision is is as good as anybody's with brown eyes but the only difference of course is for albinos who have pink eyes and they do have quite reduced vision. Yes. A lot of parents are worried that kids spend too much time looking at screens, phones and iPads and so forth. Is modern technology making our sight worse? No, there's no real evidence that that's the case, although people who spend a long time looking at screens can develop short-sightedness when they may otherwise not have done. The most important thing is to spend time outdoors, and that seems to be a factor for preventing children developing short-sightedness it's not specifically a factor of looking at screens it's it's the fact of being outside in sunlight that's important well there's a good tip for you kids outdoors um so what are your top tips for keeping our eyes healthy well eat well good diet leafy green vegetables are important very important not to smoke cigarettes and also to avoid a lot of uv exposure so dark glasses are very important when it's bright and sunny so out of sunlight, okay. And finally, Paul, we've been talking about human eyes, but I just wondered if all animals had the same sort of eyes. Well, in principle, they function in the same way, with light being focused on to a retinal layer, but there are significant differences. For example, the giant squid has, a, an, has in fact, the largest eye, which is something like the size of a dinner plate or a soccer ball, 10 inches, and um, they have a system which is of focusing that's different. Um, it works rather like a camera, so the lens of the squid eye moves back and forwards as opposed to our lens, human lens, which gets fatter or thinner to focus for us. That is absolutely amazing information. I'm sure the kids would love to know that. So, Paul, just on a lighter note, do you know any good jokes about eyes? What do you call a deer with no eye? I don't know. What do you call a deer with no eye? No idea. <laughs> That's nice. Um, any more? Well, there's another one I've got for you up my sleeve. And uh, what do you call a fish without an eye? I don't know. What do you call a fish without an eye? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Very insightful. Excellent. My pleasure. And Paul, just before you go, is there a poem about eyes that you'd like to suggest for Richard to read? 
Well, yes, there is. There's a rather fine but rather short poem called uh, The Night Has a Thousand Eyes by a 19th century English poet, Francis William Bourdillon, which I think would be perfect. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Paul. Richard, over to you. The night has a thousand eyes, and the day but one. Yet the light of the bright world dies with the dying sun. The mind has a thousand eyes, and yet the heart but one. Yet the light of a whole life dies when love is done. Oh, thank you so much, Richard. And I'd like to thank Paul Kinnear for joining me today and for his professional and interesting insights. It is undeniable that our eyes are a precious part of us and unique to every individual. It has been said that our eyes are windows to the soul and can provide others with information about how we're feeling. However, you may not realise exactly how much they're giving away. We only have one pair, so do look after them. For now, from me, Jana, at StoryNori.com, take care of yourselves. And please don't forget, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, our link is on the website. As ever, your support is incredibly valuable to us.